0: All right, here we
1: go. Welcome in on a Thursday already. Wow, can't even believe it, though. It is March the 5th, 2020. It's time for the early line. Plenty to get to here coming up over the next hour and 54 minutes or so. And uh, it all has to do with the hardwood tonight. NBA action, finally, maybe a preview into the Western Conference Finals as we got the Houston Rockets and their small ball will be taking on the Clippers, that's right, the Red Hot Clippers, Uh, since the All-Star break. We're gonna see how that small ball works against Kawhi Leonard and company tonight. Also, College Hoops continues, just uh, one and two games left for a lot of the big conferences, and a lot of teams still in that bubble area need every win they can get. And tonight, we are loaded. 48 college basketball games in total will be there. Just a small card in the NBA, we're only looking at, uh, I believe, four NBA games, 10 NHL games. But they're all important at this time of year, certainly in college basketball, early afternoon basketball, too. Uh, get get ready here. 12 o'clock tip-off. Then we got a 2.30 tip-off. And then the fun begins. A couple of more conference tournaments getting ready to kick off. And then, uh, yeah, it is just going to roll right into the weekend. The craziness. Think about this. The craziness is just two weeks away, March 15th. We'll go ahead 10 days, guys, 10 days. We'll have our selection Sunday. And then, oh, man, the uh, the Phyllises in accounting with their pencils in their hair, with their brackets passing out at work, they're coming. And, uh, and don't worry, we've got you uh, caught up here. We'll get you all set up. You're going to win whatever office pool you're in. I promise you, you're going to get it done. We also managed to find, and I can't believe he came back, but Dane Martinez managed to come back from Jamaica. He's a married man, so if he looks a little heavier, You understand what's going on. He's carrying some extra weight now. Dane, welcome back, brother man.
2: What's going on, Joe? What's going on, guys? It (laughs) is great to be back. I am, in fact, you know, I am uh, locked up now for the foreseeable future. Joe, I'm not heavier. I'm just tanner, brother man. It's all good.
1: (laughs) It's all it's all about the angles, brother. I was talking about the ring. It adds a few pounds to you, brother. That's all. Just adds a just a few pounds to you, but you you look great,
2: man. I have never been afraid as much as I was the first time I went into the ocean the day after with this ring. I was like, is it
1: still on? Is it still on? It's still on. I made it back. Let's go. Let's do it. All right. Dan Trafford's got your headlines from overnight. Let's do this here on The Grid, sportsgrid.com.
3: Well, we get Steph Curry back tonight. Golden State Warriors guard Curry will return Thursday against the Toronto Raptors after missing more than four months while recovering from a broken left hand. The two-time MVP said he's very excited about rejoining Golden State after missing the team's previous 58 games. Last night in the National Basketball Association, Kristaps Porzingis, 34 points, 12 rebounds, 3 assists, and a 127-123 win over New Orleans. Luka Doncic, another triple-double, 30 points, 17 rebounds, 10 assists, In 41 minutes, also dealing with a thumb injury that will continue throughout the season, according to Doncic, after that game. Colin Sexton dropped 41 points, 6 assists, 3 rebounds, and a steal in a 112-106 loss to the Boston Celtics. In college basketball, Florida State pulled off a last-second victory over Notre Dame, 73-71. In baseball, Kim Rosenthal of The Athletic reporting that Chris Sale is not expected to require Tommy John surgery at this point. We'll wait for his prognosis. X-rays on Justin Turner's hand came back negative on Wednesday. Turner left Wednesday's contest against the Giants two innings after he was hit in the back of the knuckle by a Johnny Cueto pitch. Yankees manager Aaron Boone told reporters that Aaron Judge is undergoing more tests on Wednesday. We have not yet heard what those tests were or what the results were on shoulder and pectoral issues. And an MRI showed that Tyler Beatty has both a flexor strain and UCL sprain in his right elbow. And in a story according to David Purdom of ESPN, Federal authorities in Florida on Wednesday charged a 23-year-old sports better known as Parlay Pats with transmitting threats of violence directed at professional and collegiate athletes and their friends and family, according to the criminal complaints and according to FURDOM. Benjamin Tucker Pats of New York used multiple anonymous accounts on social media in 2019 to make threats against athletes, including members of the New England Patriots, several MLB players, and multiple college basketball and football players. I'm Dan Straffer and this has been your Sports Grid News Update.
1: All right, Dan. Thank you very much. Um, we'll get to uh, we'll recap last night here. A lot going on in college basketball. Obviously, the NBA. Some records being uh, set there in Dallas. What a game that was! Late night, the late night degenerate special there with New Orleans Zion versus uh, Luka Doncic. Good stuff. But this uh, this Parlay Pat story is just it is priceless here, people. Because there is there's a lot to, you can learn from what uh, what has happened here, and there's two. There's two very big fundamental issues with this story. I mean, number one, we talked about this guy, you know, putting together these 10 teams, 18. Right. He was hitting these stupid parlays that we we laughed, you and I, Dane, when we were talking about him. We're like, you know, that's I'd rather be lucky than good. I think was our answer. What what we didn't realize, though, of course, is behind the scenes, the guy is a raving lunatic, uh, and apparently thought that. Every parlay he played and every team he played automatically guaranteed him a win because the stuff he was texting in the complaint, your throat will be severed open with a dull knife, your entire family will be beheaded and burned alive." Like this dude is a few fries short of a happy meal. The last thing he should be doing is betting big money on any sporting event anywhere, especially since. Those who lose 45% of the time are often ahead of the game. Like Could you imagine this dude losing 45? Well, he's betting parlays, so we know he's losing more than he is winning. And I can't think of a worse bet for a guy like that to make than a parlay bet, Dane.
2: Listen, but, you know, hopefully any reasonable person would also know that if you're doing 10-team parlays, if you hit 5% of the time, you're in great shape, right? Right. And, I mean, remember we heard the story about the Baylor kid who was like an 85% free throw shooter and missed two, even though they won but didn't cover. This is the dark side of sports investing, right? And what we have to do here at SportsGrid and and around is manage expectations for people. We give you the information, but you also have to understand it's called gambling or investing for a reason. You can lose, right? And so I think we need to educate the public. And that's why also, Joe, all these guys that are out there, these touts who say they hit 90, 95% of the time, they are doing people. A disservice, Joe, because they start to make other people think that that is the norm, that that's what you should be expecting. And disappointment is a function of expectation. And for some people out there that are, like you say, if you fry short of a happy meal, Mm -hmm. they can start going off just like this. And it is a big time problem. You know, we need to start in a lot of ways managing it and 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 kind of like policing it a little bit more. Whether that's the internet, whether that's in brick and mortars, we we need to add around the. you know, the mental health around sports investing.
1: Yeah, and, you know, guys like uh, Rovell and others need to stop showcasing these lunatics until they actually understand who they are. We heard the same thing about the Tiger Woods guy that had, you know, remember he walked around Vegas 14 to 1, he sold all, oh, it made it seem like he sold everything and rode Tiger Woods, who hadn't won in years, in the Masters. And then we, of course, we come to find out that, He's a total degenerate gambler. It wasn't a a once-in-a-lifetime thing. He's already blown all the money he did shortly after he won the money from Tiger Woods. And others gave this guy a platform here without truly understanding how depraved he truly was. So, number one, understand you probably shouldn't be taking advice or certainly betting advice from a guy who hits a 10-team parlay. If it is truly a a lotto ticket where it's once in a blue moon— Congratulations, but yeah. if it's something that is the mainstay of what he is doing and he doesn't lose well, oh yeah, no. Like you've Not got to avoid these people like the plague here because this is the kind of thing that happens. And but it happened. I guess it started back in 2019. They actually have proof of him sending. He had uh, 10 grand on the Rams in the Super Bowl against the Patriots, and went ahead and uh, was was texting. I think Edelman in the. Th- he was, he was testing threats to Edelman about killing his family. Like, this was all after he lost the Super Bowl in 2019. And, yeah, burner accounts. These people exist, yeah. unfortunately. we got to stop giving them platforms because they were lucky enough to hit a 10-team parlay.
2: Yeah, I, I think that makes sense, right? And, and this is the same with social media in general, mm-hmm. right? The troll... Yes in general. What they are, it's not about the content of what they're doing. What they are looking for is the the, the reaction, the attention yep. to use the platform in that way. You know what I mean? Sports investing in this case is just like the vehicle to get to the community, right? You know, the way to get at people. But we see the internet has dark corners left and right. And so as we move on in this industry, I do think we need to get ahead of it to kind of not, yep. you know, it's not regulation so much as really understanding who's out there, how to respond to these people, and how to manage the uh, like you say the, to get the full happy meals going yes. on. Because we can't, Joe. You and I, reputable places like Sports Grid, people are doing it for the right reasons, trying to give you the information, not trying to do it for our own 15 minutes of fame. We get a bad rap because of the other people out there that are you know creating these kinds of stories.
1: And listen, I get it. It's a public fascination. It is the ultimate get-rich-quick scheme, right? You put ten bucks down, you win a hundred. You put a hundred sure. down, you win a thousand, and it can all happen in just a couple of games. And you're like, "Wow, this is amazing!" Sure. But the reality is, parlays are the penny slots, guys, of uh, of sports betting. That's right. So if you wouldn't walk into a casino and play a penny slot, then you sure as hell shouldn't be playing any parlays. Once in a blue moon, you take a shot, you throw a couple of bucks down, more power to you. But when you have a 30% hold, all right, that's what the latest numbers from the books, at least in Nevada, are. You got a 30% hold on parlays. means that they're keeping 30% of that money all the time, guys. They make a killing off of people who do nothing but play parlays. So lesson learned. Let's, you know, on both fronts there, let's not play as many parlays. Uh, Number one. Number two, let us not be fascinated when somebody – that's like saying somebody who hit the scratch off for a million dollars, really talented. Why? Why? They're scratching ability? Bet them all individually and go eight and two. You'll be happier if you did so. You'll be much happier and you won't have to threaten anybody. It's amazing. All right, we'll dive into last night's action. We'll recap it for you. College, NBA, straight ahead here on The Grid, sportsgrid.com. Welcome back it's to the grid. It's time to dive into uh, what happened last night on the hardwood. Of course, uh, college hoops, uh, tar- uh, mid-major tournaments already underway. A couple of more get ready to start today. In total, 47 college basketball games will be able to be uh, will be able to be wagered on. It begins at noon. Uh, anytime you got noon basketball, uh, Mountain West also in full effect. We'll get to see the number five team, San Diego State, in action today taking on Air Force, who uh, bested, of course, Fresno State yesterday in the opening round of the Mountain West Tournament. So much to get to there. In the NBA, though, it was all about the damn chalk last night. Eight and one straight up is what they were favorites. Uh, Kind of crazy, right? The only outright upset, and this was a strange line to begin with yesterday, was the Grizzlies, the Memphis Grizzlies, who had managed to turn things around a little bit. They had a terrible road trip. They had lost five in a row, but four of the five were on the uh, on the road for them. They finally, their first game back home, they lost, but they're losing to Houston and the Clippers okay. and the Lakers. So when they did finally put it together, uh, the fact that Brooklyn on the second night of a back-to-back was a favorite in this one at all. Uh, Was a little strange to me, but the Grizzlies were able to do it. A point and a half is what they were getting. They were even money on the money line. So great opportunity to be able to cash there last night. Underdogs in total, five and four against the number. The Pistons uh, taking on the Thunder. They were getting eight and a half cover. Magic uh, were at the Heat. They were getting six and a half. They didn't win, but they covered. Uh, The Knicks covered against the Jazz at home. Congratulations to them. The Pelicans as well, six and a half points is what they were getting. They covered in the loss that went to overtime. And uh, we did, for the first time, get to see another glimpse of the future of the NBA last night. And that being, of course, Zion Williamson on the road, taking on Luka Doncic, Porzingis. And I do believe the record was set last night with uh, with uh, Luka Doncic being the fastest guy. I, I believe in Dallas. He's now the, uh, the franchise leader in... Triple doubles or I believe triple doubles. Wow. And he's only played like a just over hundred <laughs> and twelve games. Yeah. Like yeah. so this is this is a guy that already leads that franchise in triple doubles uh on fire last night, went to overtime. Uh Pelicans uh really starting to come along. Zion really starting to come along last night. And I gotta tell you, it's I'm watching this kid play a lot here, Dane. And I don't know if they talk NBA in Jamaica at all, but yeah. Uh, the t- the talk around here, honestly, he's he's already been in multiple. He had a couple of games last week against the Lakers, uh, primetime mm-hmm. games. You know, he was the late game again last night. And I got to tell you, the kid is, he's the real deal, man. And he's doing it in a very uh, interesting way from the standpoint of there is no matchup for him. Like, teams are having the hardest night, Even the Lakers uh, with LeBron, right. I mean, they're outscoring them. But Zion is getting his almost to the point where it's it's at will. Some of the best dunks that I have seen all year have been in Zion Williamson games, where they have no nothing, absolutely nothing to guard him. They got nobody to compete against him. He kind of owns the paint. It's fascinating to see this kid, 19 years old, right? Not even old enough to drink, 20 years old. And Zion's a beast, my man. He's gonna be a beast for a long time in this league.
2: No, listen, I mean, coming out. I remember telling you that I thought he was not necessarily the best fit for the NBA in 2020, right? right? Because this game has sort of evolved. We talk about the spacing and the shooting of the game, but he is in fact a force of nature, Joe, and I think there's uh, the matchup is what is is the right thing because of his agility at that size, right? Yep. We haven't seen this since, I mean, the name Sean Kemp comes to mind for me but what exactly are you gonna do you got to put a little a smaller man on him he'll just overpower you right and if as we saw he is able to shoot a little bit remember the four three pointers in his in his debut he goes nine of 18 from the field so mm-hmm. my my thing always will be though joe because he has only played at this point in what Yes. 10, 15 games, exactly. the league yep. will make an adjustment to him eventually. I don't care what kind of supernova he is, right? right. But right. will he be able to develop his game and adjust back? The only other thing I'll say, Joe, yes, Zion is amazing. But um, correct me if I'm wrong. The Pelicans did not win last night, and yet we're still talking about Zion, right? Meanwhile, yes, exactly. Luka, who yep. who's triple-doubling left and right, his team is still on the playoff chase. That's the team that won. So I just hope we don't see this around Zion all the time. We, he's the headline,
1: but his team still doesn't win. Yes. Yeah. Well, you know, they've done a really good job so far keeping themselves relevant. That eight seed is up for grabs. The problem is yeah. you've got now, and we watched it happen last night, uh, where our boy Dame Lillard is back. And Dame Lillard uh, finally gets back in the lineup last night for the Portland Trailblazers. And don't look now, Carmelo Anthony drops 20 in the yeah. first half last night, looking like the Carmelo of old. But Damian Lillard uh, and company getting the Washington Wizards on the second leg of a back-to-back was kind of, it was kind of fun to watch. It was good to see him. 125-104, the uh, Portland Trailblazers take care of business, who... They managed to weather the storm as best they could without Damian Lillard in that lineup. And we know, listen, they're only going to go as Lillard goes. But Lillard's back. McCollum's healthier now. Uh, Nurkic is just around the corner, they think. Uh, They've got some guys coming back over here that'll help. But at the same time, you've got teams like the Sacramento Kings. They are are now, Mm -hmm. uh, they're 16-4 in their last 20. They have now... They're only a couple of games out of that last spot there. So the team that we thought they could be the Sacramento Kings, here they go again. Starting up yep. now where they're really starting to get hot. We knew they had players. That run for the eighth seed, uh, yeah, New Orleans can put up 140 points with anybody, guys. They ain't gonna play defense. Uh, I can't wait to see how it unfolds in the West for that bottom seed. But it's good to see Lillard scored 22. From the, uh, you know, from the groin injury, the Blazers win. Blazers, Memphis, now Sacramento and New Orleans. This is going to be some fun basketball down the stretch.
2: Yeah, it will be. If you're going to consider New Orleans, though, you also have to consider the San Antonio Spurs, yeah. Joe, who well. are a game ahead of New Orleans mm-hmm. right now, you know, in that mismatch. And I agree. One other thing to add, because you said it, we're going into the home stretch. Joe, the Memphis Grizzlies, actually have the toughest schedule in the NBA remaining, Mm. okay? So I love these kids. We've been talking about them for a while, but will they have the, you know, kind of the, uh, the, the leadership, the fortitude to get through a gauntlet when they're playing in their 70th game of the season, they have not done it this long, uh, before, you know, John Moran has never played 60, 65, 70. So do these young kids hit a wall right in the home stretch? The Grizzlies have the toughest schedule left in the NBA. I wouldn't be surprised if Portland or San Antonio or new Orleans, who has one of the more easy schedules for the mm-hmm. rest of the season, if they have a chance to make up some ground.
1: Yep, it was uh, another dem- uh, demolition there last night. Milwaukee got back on track, one nineteen to one hundred over Indiana. Uh, they were laying in the single digits, so it was a- it was a good way for them to get back. Milwaukee had a, r- a couple of rough stretches of games where I think they lost back to back, and they hadn't done that in like two years. Right. But they were able to get right at home against the Indiana Pacers who, without Victor Oladipo, remain just that much worse, uh, unfortunately. And it's uh, it's uh, it's been a rough stretch here over the last couple of weeks. Orlando gave Miami everything they could handle, but Miami wins 116-113, looking to get Tyler Hero back this week, which will certainly help them. They're really starting to come together finally. So, and OKC, prior to last night, OKC had been really printing money when it came against the number, Dane. They had been just phenomenal. Now, they, of course, are, were on a second leg of a back-to-back. They've lost a couple of games in a row. They have not covered mm. in a couple of games in a row as well. And then maybe the perfect antidote for anybody is play the Detroit Pistons. Sure. Uh, even though they won, it wasn't a cover, but it was a win for the Oklahoma City Thunder, who got you know smoked by the Clippers the night before, Chris Paul's old team. But quietly, there's the Oklahoma City Thunder going to be in that 6-7 spot, you know, 5-6-7, somewhere in there. And Dane, they they continue to put their foot on the gas. And we know the top heavy on the Western Conference, but that middle of the Western Conference is going to annihilate each other, too, which is good for the East if you like one of those teams.
2: Yeah, I would say so. You know, it's interesting for me, for Oklahoma City, you know, remember in the trade deadline, there was talk about Danilo Gallinari. There was talk about Steven Adams. There was talk about Dennis Schroeder. They decided to, you know, hold on to their chips and actually go for it. These guys, you know, with SGA, they are ahead of schedule, in my opinion. And we can, you know, the fact that Chris Paul, we thought he was being, like, banished to Oklahoma City, right, at the beginning of the year. He has shown leadership. These guys are going to be a surprise. I don't think they're going to win a first-round matchup against the big boys Mm -hmm. in the West. But to be honest, the fact that they are still 14 games above 500, when everyone Mm -hmm. thought after trading Russell Westbrook they were breaking it down, kudos to them.
1: Yep, absolutely. And uh, waiting for the Celtics, got back on track. Total meltdown a couple of nights ago, Dane, against Brooklyn in Boston. And uh, Brooklyn went ahead and dropped. 51 points in the fourth quarter to get it to overtime and then beat them in overtime. Total meltdown there. Marcus Smart threatening to beat up refs. It was it was ugly. They bounce back with a good game against a feisty Cavaliers team that, since they fired Mm. Beeline, have actually been a hell of a lot more competitive in a lot more games. Have covered a lot more games. They've actually been pretty profitable uh, to back. But Boston was able to get it done uh, in the fourth quarter. Finally, they were able to hold the Cleveland Cavaliers to under 30 points as opposed to the 51 that they let Karis Laverton company drop on them yeah, right. in the fourth quarter. So good to see they're back in the win column. And tonight, I know a lot of eyes are going to be on a game. Most people probably would be like, why in the hell are we going to watch that? Well, when you have Steph Curry making an appearance again tonight, Golden yes. State Warriors taking on the Toronto Raptors, There's going to be some eyes on this game here tonight, Dane. And there are some other games. Sacramento, Philadelphia is one other one. Denver also on the card, Charlotte and Clippers, Houston, which should be the marquee game. But Steph's coming back. We'll talk about that. And uh, of course, what the hell do you do with Steph Curry now at this point if you are the Golden State Warriors? Plus, we'll recap some of the college last night. We'll do that straight ahead here on The Grid. Sounds good. Sportsgrid.com.
3: All right, so we had a lot of uh, we
1: had a lot of interesting college basketball games, a couple of upsets uh, last night, a monster brawl between a couple of Big East teams, Villanova and Seton Hall. We'll go ahead and uh, we'll recap those games coming up here. See how you guys did, but I do want to uh, finish up on the Steph Curry situation right now, where he will be on the court tonight for the Golden State Warriors, and I found it fascinating. That you had, and he's great, right? Steve Carr, you know, they asked him at this point, dude, what do you, why, like, why are you right. bringing him back? And he's like, his answer was, uh, cause he's healthy. And he's like, listen, if we get to the point where we're not playing people or somebody is not playing because they are worried about getting hurt, he's like, what's the point? Yeah, at that point, you might as well retire and quit. Because that's never going to go away. He wanted to actually come back last week, Dane, against the uh, the last game against the Wizards, and that's they it. pushed it back. And he's like, "You're not going to keep Steph Curry on the sideline. He wants to play. Steph Curry's going to play. Obviously, he's got the clean bill of health. It's right around. Sure. And, and when we knew the injury last year, we said figure around February, March is when you know. So he's not rushing back. There's none of that. Right. He wants to play. It's better for basketball to have Steph Curry back, at least being uh, in the conversation again. And they're going to have the number one pick regardless. We all know this, but it'll be good to have him and Draymond on the team, uh, on the floor, see how he does, see the shot. Uh, Taking on, of course, the Toronto Raptors, who that'll be interesting. Uh, Don't you think that's funny that he's back against the team that actually knocked him out last year and won? So it's a big game. It's a small card. It's the late night game. But I got to tell you, it's almost must watch television because Steph Curry is making a return to the court.
2: Yeah, sure. I mean, listen, that's all true. The game is better when Steph Curry is healthy and able to be there, able to drain his practice shots from the corner, able to have cameras go to his daughter. I'm with all that. But the cynical New Yorker in me, Joe, has another layer to add on this. Remember, the NBA changed last year, right? And now the bottom three teams, all. Have an even chance at the ping pong balls. Remember how that changed r- last mm-hmm. year. So I now look at the NBA standings, Joe. And yes, the Warriors are the worst team in the NBA with 14 wins. The Cavs have 17. Then Minnesota and our lovely New York Knicks have 17 as uh, have 19. Okay. Mm-hmm. So in order to get a, a smaller chance at the first pick, you have to get out of the bottom three. And they have now a five game cushion there, Joe, with 20 left to play. So they're safe. The worst, mm. you know, they're gonna be one of the bottom three teams. Yep. And I think Steve Kerr knows that also. All right. Yep. If they were if there were four teams really, really close and there was a chance he wouldn't have, I think it's fifteen percent. For the number one pick, he may be saying different things. I think though the Warriors have built up enough of a cushion, whatever the opposite of cushion is on the bottom side, so that they know they're safe, safe even if yep. Steph Curry leads them to a 500 record for the rest of the for the rest of the season. The fact that there's only 20 left and they're five games safe of making sure that they have enough for the number one pick, I wouldn't doubt that that has something to do with it as well.
1: Yeah. It's uh it's going to be a it's going and he's not going to play 30 minutes here, guys. Right. He's going to play. He's going to be he's going to be on a, an innings limit, uh, innings limit. He's going to be on a you <laughs> know, of course, restriction uh sure. as far as that goes. If he minutes. gets 20 minutes, I'd be shocked. But just him being there, of course, uh you got to see what you got. You got to test it, and everybody knows it. I find it fascinating they pushed it off until <laughs> the Toronto game, but yeah. good. We'll see him tonight. But the story in the NBA tonight is gonna remain to me, it's the Clippers against the Rockets. We'll talk about that game coming up as uh, we've seen a little line shift there uh, beforehand. But uh, last night in the college game, guys, it's here we are at the wire, right? We've only got a a game left for many of the big conferences, mid-majors already in tournament mode here. Mm. And last night, huge game between a couple of powerhouses in the Big East. You had Villanova taking on Seton Hall. Seton Hall had a chance to do something actually uh, pretty cool here. They had already secured a piece of the Eastern in the Big East there, the conference title, right? So we already knew that. We already knew that they were they were going to be, you know, if not the top seed there, they were going to be able to get the job done going into the Big East tournament. Uh, but they had a senior night. They, had, they were honoring, you know, guys like Gill and Miles Powell and McKnight. It, it was at home. You know, it was a really cool moment. They had already beaten Villanova once this year. And then last night, they come in there, and it, it couldn't have worked out any better, right? Miles Powell gets the ball. Clock is running out, attempting a three-point shot to win the game. I mean, it, it could not have been set any better for Seton Hall. Unfortunately, uh, it did not work because the Villanova Wildcats shot 52% from the floor and 41% from three point range and Miles Powell was That'll just 5 of 18 uh shooting. So 79-77 in Newark, Seton Hall can't get it done. But again, guys, they've already kind of cemented their place in where they're going to be for the uh, certainly the Big East tournament. Uh they're now 13 and 4 in the league, but man, I I that tournament is going to be so much yeah. fun to watch. You got Creighton, who again rolls last night, right? You got that's going to be a lot of fun to see that. You got Seton Hall facing Creighton on Saturday in Mm -hmm. Omaha, while Creighton is 12 and 5. They won, they dropped 99 points last night on Georgetown, uh, easily winning the game. Nobody talks about Creighton and the Blue Jays, right? But yeah, they this whole Big East is going to be an absolute suffocating tournament with Villanova, with Seton Hall, with Creighton now. Mm-hmm. You know, Providence all of a sudden has found their groove. I, I can't Martell. wait to see it. it- it's going to yeah. be so much fun.
2: Yeah, absolutely. You know, I-, I I even think about it more, especially in this year, when there are, like, ACC may only get four teams, right? Mm-hmm. Pac-12 may be down. This is a conference I truly believe. You reeled them off. Seton Hall, Villanova. Butler, uh, Marquette, obviously Creighton I truly believe that iron sharpens iron in this conference I would not be surprised to see one or two teams make it through the Sweet 16 the Elite Eight or even further me and Jared when you were out before I went on vacation we were talking about Creighton and their offensive efficiency and the fact that them them Seton Hall uh, Villanova are now all in the top 10 or top 15 I truly am going to have some Big East teams in my Elite Eight I really like the way these guys have gone, and it's a conference that is deep and a conference that you know plays tournament style basketball. Joe, I really think they're being very well prepared for the style of play we're going to see in March, yeah.
1: And it's and it's, it's so much fun that it's going to come down. Who's going to get the top spot out of the big east, right? Well, yeah. so much is going to be everything's going to be decided on Saturday by Villanova winning. They have given themselves a chance because Creighton plays Seton Hall. So if right. Creighton can beat Seton Hall, Villanova can end, uh, can end up uh, handling Georgetown there. There is a good chance we've got a three-way tie uh, in for the top spot right. there, which is just here they come like rolling.
2: in 5 in conference, yeah.
1: Going to be so cool. I mean, it really is. It's going to be so cool to see how this goes. Uh, last night, also in the ACC, you had Florida State i never seen a game like this. I had taken fl- – there was a big discussion yesterday about Florida State, Notre Dame. Florida State has absolutely nothing to play for. Zero. Right. They're cemented in their position. In the, they've already taken the ACC. They're going to be a top seed there. No problem. Not a lot of motivation on the road against the Notre Dame team that, sure. you know, is in a spot where they can't lose any more games. And, you know, they for an entire game outside of the last 10 seconds, they didn't lead that game once. Notre Dame had remained the leader, was blown them out, too, uh, yeah. in the second half at one point where you're like, oh, boy. And then it was something very – and this is something to pay attention to come tournament time, guys. Leonard Hamilton goes to his bench and starts mm-hmm. emptying his bench. And, guys, the depth on Florida State was on full – it yeah. was on full display last night because starters were sitting down, second guys, third guy. And they were coming in and hammering it, playing hard. And this is a good reminder, Dane, that when guys get an opportunity to showcase in college who have been riding the bench, that tells you a lot about the depth you have. Them coming back, winning that game in the last second last night against Notre Dame, it it just it even solidified even more how much I like Florida State moving forward in a tournament style setting because of that kind of depth.
2: So let me ask you something Joe cuz I really do like that team as well. Mm-hmm. I like their depth, I like their length, I like the way Leonard Hamilton coaches this team, okay? I yep. like them. My biggest question for you back Joe is, you know, will they be able to consistently score in this tournament? Like, will they get through six games in a row where they mm-hmm. score? because their athletic is all hell, right? They'll yep. play defense. They'll bang you, but will they score six games in a row to truly get to the promised land? I know guys like Forrest and Vassal, they can put it up. They have good guard play, but I yep. feel like they go through stretches of inconsistency on the offensive side. And if they get caught like that against the wrong team, it could spell the end for them. I always, I think they're a great team, but I, I, I always fall short on pulling the trigger of them because I'm afraid if they have the dynamic scoring when it counts.
1: Right. Well, and, and you're right, Dan, because let's face it, it's not like Leonard Hamilton and Florida State. They've had teams that look like this for a long time. Yes. Um you know yes. they've got twelve guys that are between six four and six nine. They right. produce wing players With like wings. we've been, never, like they grow on trees. I never seen anything like it. Uh, yes. but Something always goes wrong in the conference, but the interesting, you know, when when they get to the tournament, they they win the first game, right? They they get to the Sweet 16, and then the wheels fall off. And I don't know that this is the year that that's going to happen necessarily. What I saw last night kind of proved it to me where you – you actually pulled guys out and put bench players in because the game didn't mean a lot to you anyway, right? I mean, you're neck and neck with Louisville, so whether you're a one or a two in the ACC is not really going to make a difference anyway. So, you know, you have your sights on, on more important things, but when you can roll guys in, that look the same are the same oh, yeah. long athletics. It's nine, and they go out there with like blood hanging down, double digits, and they sure. and they come back and win this game for you. Florida State is not a team yeah. to uh, to sit on lightly, guys. And oh yeah, Kansas won again. The Big 12, yay! Oh, there, they won the regular season. What a shock! Like the same old, same old, man. So. Uh, plenty of excitement tonight, though. Games start this afternoon. We'll take a look at some of these mid-major tournaments getting underway. And the Mountain West, San Diego State, coming up. We'll talk about that. Though, at the
0: DailyRoto.com.
1: Welcome back in here to the grid. It is the early line on SportsGrid.com. Joe and Ari, alongside Dane Martinez, the married man, is back, and uh, we've got plenty of perfect timing too because we got March Madness just around the uh, corner, ten days How away from it? Selection Sunday. Um, just the uh, finish up on the top twenty-five last night. We told you Kansas pulls away from TCU, doesn't cover, but. Uh, they go ahead and uh, and get the job done uh, regardless they are 75 to 66 uh 16 and a half point home favorites is what they were. they end up winning the big 12 regular season number one seed in the tournament. We told you number 11 creighton uh beat Georgetown 91 to 76. now Creighton puts himself in a spot winning on Saturday against Seton Hall to possibly get a share of the uh, of the big east uh, title there they covered as a 13 point home favorite. Villanova, we told you, beat Seton Hall. Dayton. Uh there they go again. Dayton laying four. Uh ends up taking the uh taking down uh Rhode Island. It Island. wasn't even close. Uh Wisconsin also, number 24, they covered. Uh and Virginia, oh, look at that. Virginia laying two and a half did not cover against yeah. Miami. But do I really need to tell you that the uh the under hit in this game, uh, the under hit to a point where we were laughing. Uh, where because, Dane, they they didn't make 100 points. Yeah, I Um, see it. They they didn't get 100, dude. And I've (laughs) said it all year that there's going to be one of these games where, and, and the number kept, it was 119. That was the closing line total for Virginia. Miami has not had, Miami hasn't played defense all year long. They've scored a little bit, but they just can't stop anybody. And meanwhile, Virginia can't score, but they can stop everybody. And last night, it was Miami couldn't score, Virginia couldn't score, but Virginia wins the game. They have now won six in a row, and quietly, very quietly, I know a lot of people stuck a fork in Virginia, that kind of play, Dane, that that ability to be able to shut teams down, that works when you got to win six games in March, uh, because that travels, and usually uh, that kind of effort stymies teams from other conferences that never get to see that kind of defense played. Right, and that's where the
2: big question comes in for me. When we see a San Diego State, when we see a Dayton, when we see some of these smaller teams, when they go up against a squad like this, a Power yep. 5 team that can play defense, or a Florida State that has a kind of length that they can't practice for, that they've never seen before. That's when it's going to get interesting for me, probably on the second weekend of the tournament. Yes, and I thought it was funny too, Joe. The total of that Virginia-Miami game was 90. Creighton scores 91 by themselves. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? So I think that is the issue. And I want to say, you know, you, you were right. The fact that Villanova can go into Seton Hall and win the fact that Florida state with less than like, not a lot to play for down big makes a comeback on the road at Notre Dame. We even see Dayton who is now, you know, the number three team in the country on the road against a quality opponent, boat racing them by 25 or 30. Joe, I think we're starting to see the truly good teams know that they have to round into form and whether it's at home or on the road, they're starting to, you know, hit the ground running kind of and and, and, and really see who they need to be come March, and are starting to round in the form. So maybe the cream is rising to the top after all.
1: Yeah, it's coming, man, and uh, and it's a great it's a great time right now. Certainly here we are on a Thursday, guys. Right, it is. It's March fifth, Thursday, and we we've got games at beginning at twelve o'clock. We've got them at five o'clock. We've got them at seven. We've got late night specials that are coming. So for a Thursday night to have forty seven college games on. Many of the mid-majors, including the Missouri Valley, getting ready to tip off today are in full effect. So teams like Drake uh, will be out there, uh, Bradley, uh, you know, some of these mid-major conferences now, it's going to be a lot of fun to see. And that's, you know, we made the point earlier in the week, guys, that when it comes to these mid-major tournaments, it doesn't make any sense to fade some of these top teams, right? The top teams in the conference. because they don't lose as often as what you would see with the ACC, Big right, East, well SEC. There's nothing really to fade because they ju- you have to win the tournament to advance. And if they have been that good all year in these tournaments, they play like it's their very last game. So because they know if I don't win the tournament, I'm not getting an at-large bid here. I have to win in order to get in. So when you look at some of these teams like the Missouri Valley and the Horizon League that's going on now, Patriot League, yeah, if, if whoever the top teams are, they're not kidding around. Like, they, there yep. is no room for an error. And if a team was only 500 during the year, Dane, it's very hard to back them in this kind of spot because if they could just flip a switch, yeah, they would have done it already. So mm-hmm. there is some advantages to be had there on the board when you look at teams like Winthrop and Radford today and others. They have to win those tournaments, guys, in those mid-major conferences. So... It's important to know that if a favorite is a favorite, don't don't be trying to fade a favorite because you think this is a bad spot for them. They're all bad spots because if you don't win, you're not in. Yeah, I think
2: that's a great point, especially, Joe, with the smaller conferences who really are mm-hmm. only getting the automatic bid as opposed to the Power Five conferences. Yep. You know, Louisville, Florida State, Duke, they all know they don't have to win the ACC tournament. They're in. Right. You know what I mean? However, you look at a team like maybe Houston, let's say, right, and their conference, Or some of these other teams, especially the second place team in those conferences, they know if they trip up, you know, this committee will look elsewhere. So I like that. Let me ask you, though, Joe, is it really even with the spread or might this be an opportunity for a chalky two team money line parlay for the number two seeds in those conferences? Because my fear would be those teams do take care of business, but they don't Mm -hmm. cover the number.
1: Yeah, well, you know, it's amazing enough, there haven't been any real astronomical numbers in the first rounds of some of these, uh, you know, tournaments. You know, we made the point too, Dane, that the Mountain West that that kicked off yesterday, and of course, San Diego State, everybody's darling, uh, you know, looking to be a number one seed. They're the number one seed, but it has been, over the last 20 years, only four out of the last 20 years has the number one seed won the damn tournament. It's only happened four times. So huh. usually when a bomb comes, it for some reason comes in, in the Mountain West. And while you've got San Diego State today, guys, and this is an interesting matchup because Air Force is terrible, but I don't know if this uh, FanDuel have the number up yet for San Diego State. I don't even see them on the board. I see San Diego yeah, right. But not San Diego so. State. I don't even think they're hanging a number just yet. I'll keep looking, though. It, it's going to be astronaut, But San Diego State wins this one. The other game to pay attention to is the UNLV-Boise UNLV Boise State game in the other side of that bracket. UNLV only lost by 3 points there in the first time around against them and they handed them it's their beautiful. only loss this year. If UNLV ends up uh you know winning this game today against Boise, guess who they meet on Saturday. So well, there you go. There is that's so right. that's the kind of spots pick the and they spots, need this Dan. kind
2: of run probably right they need it more than San Diego State San Diego Absolutely. State even if they trip up what what they're yep. still in the two line you know yes. what I mean exactly so and UNLV yep. is the exact kind of school last ten games big time yep. wins that can really help them that's why I even say Joe uh, probably like the two or three seeds in some of these mm-hmm. smaller conferences right the yep. one seed especially in a year like this Dayton's going to get in you know yep. San Diego State they're in. But the teams like BYU, UNLV, some of these teams, if they show out here in the next week and make a run, it can dramatically yep. improve their prospects, their seating, their location and travel for,
1: for March Madness. Absolutely correct. And this is uh, it's one of the more fun tournaments to watch because uh, we know over history, uh, the number one seed ain't winning. So it's so right. unique with San Diego State having captured everyone all year long. Well, they're going to have to go through either UNLV. They've owned Boise State this year, so I don't think that's as right. nearly as dramatic if UNLV wins today. Uh, Utah State is the defending champ. They were a two-seed last year. Uh, Utah State is a, is a pretty tough matchup for them as well. So there's nothing – there's far from being given in there. But, man, I got to tell you, the games leading up to it are going to be an awful lot of fun. And it begins today, guys, early on in this game – with Air Force, uh, and I believe that is at 2.30 today. 2.30 Eastern followed, time. Yeah, followed by 5 o'clock. And this is another point that we should let you guys know. Not all of these games are on neutral sites. Now, the, 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 yeah. the Mount West happens to be in Vegas, but UNLB's some of these, the, Patriot, exactly. These These leagues, the Southern, a lot of these conferences, guys, it's the higher seed. It's a home game, and we all know, Dana, is a... 18-year-old, 19-year-old kid, college kids, home court matters more in college oh. basketball than it does in a lot of other places. So understand who's neutral and who's not neutral when you start betting on these games this week.
2: Yeah, I was going to make that point. You know, the Mountain Mountain West, comp uh, the tournament is happening at the Thomas and Mack Center in Las Vegas. So if we get yep. that matchup you're talking about, Joe, you know, UNLV and San Diego State. That is in essence a home game for yep. the underdog. So keep an eye out on that. Also yep. tonight, Houston goes into UConn. Joe, I think Houston is another kind of team that if you haven't been paying attention to college basketball all season long, you want to see them in action and see what you're working with. Cause they're going to be on a five or six line as well, potentially. You want to, yep. if you haven't seen them, go check them out today, seven o'clock Eastern at UConn. You know, you want to see what they're doing. They are two-point favorites on the road. Uh, We know the trend of how well that holds up. Let's see if they are strong enough to cover a number on the road in conference.
1: Yeah, it's, um, yeah, and they can put up points with the best of them. UConn has actually had a better year than I think a lot of people thought they were going to have. Uh, but you've got other top 25 matchups as well. Nebraska taking on number 25. Uh, Michigan here today. Michigan listed at that, you know, 17, 16 and a half, 17-point mark. Uh, the total is at 149. The Cornhuskers are just terrible. It's been an awful year. Uh, and But new coach, new system. You know, hopefully Nebraska will be a little bit more competitive next year. Michigan, trying to put it together here, man. They're going to try and uh, and put a run. This would be a good start here tonight at home to be able to take care of business, convincingly enough, as a 16, 17-point favorite, uh, to get the job done. Don't know they'll do it because that's a Jekyll and Hyde team if I've ever seen one. They look great, and then it's – so – There's a few other top 25 games, too, as well. We'll break down each of them for you and, of course, dive into some of the NBA action. We'll do that coming up, Hour 2 here on The Grid, SportsGrid.com.
0: DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day